Hey, I'm Shane Seegers and I'm one of the pastors here at Centerpoint and I'm so glad that I get an opportunity to join you today as we uh, look into God's Word to hear from Him. We're going to be starting a new series today, The Bible Doesn't Say That. So for the next three weeks we're going to be looking at different phrases or ideas or things that have been said maybe to you or maybe you've even said them to others that uh, are things that you think that God says. Uh, sometimes you might hope that God says it but it's not really what God says. And the, the difficulty with that is that if it's not what God says, uh, then it's not true. And if it's not true, then we're not going to be experiencing the freedom in the life that God wants, to, wants us to experience. Because we know His Word is truth and it sets us free. So let's pray that God will speak to us and that we will hear His truth, what He really says, not just this week, but over the next couple of weeks and every day, so that we can walk in this freedom. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for this day. Thank You for uh, this opportunity to look into Your Word. We're praying and trusting that You will speak to us, that, God, we will have the desire to listen carefully to what You say so that we can hear Your truth and walk in Your freedom, not just for this hour, but every day. Give us that desire. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, as we're going to start this series, because it is so important that we really listen and hear God's truth. In fact, point one here is, we must pay careful attention to what God actually says more than what we want Him to say, or hope that He says, or maybe even what others say to us. And again, I've already told you, it's incredibly important, because if we're not then we're listening to error and falsehood and lies as opposed to the truth. And those have huge consequences, not only for me, but for you. And so Scripture is very clear. We've got to pay careful attention. I want to draw your attention to a book called Hebrews. And it's a letter that's written to a group of believers who uh, are Jewish, who are Hebrews, but they have come to understand Jesus as the fulfillment of the promises of the Old Testament. And so they're now walking by faith in a relationship with Christ. And that's a very difficult position to be in a Jewish community where it's about the law and the rituals and the rules. And now you're saying, no, Christ is the fulfillment in it. And so it's very difficult. And the writer was writing them to encourage them and to warn them and to help them not give up because there were going to be people who would discourage them and distract them and try and to get them to stop and to go back. And he's like, you can't. You have to keep going. And so listen to this, these uh, verses from that letter. The first one is from Hebrews 2, uh, verse 1. So the writer says, we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. See, it's not just about I heard it or I didn't hear it. There's a, there's a consequence that goes on about not hearing God's Word carefully, and it's that you drift. And when I, when I read that, I think of uh, like when I was a little uh, boy or even as a parent when I go to the beach. You know how you go and you set your... your chairs up and your blankets and your towels and everything out on the beach and if you're a kid the first thing you do is you just go tearing off running into the water jumping in and you're just playing and you're out there and you don't realize it but over time because of the current and the tide you are slowly drifting further and further away and then when you finally turn around to look and to see what's going on on the beach where your parents or whoever you're with you look up and you realize I don't see them where are they? Because you have drifted away. 
And I know this, that the further you drift away, the harder it is to hear. Your parents might be calling for you. You might be calling for your parents. But the further you drifted, the harder it is to hear. And so that's, I, I've felt that fear before about all of a sudden drifting out and looking out and yelling and not being able to hear. But it is, that's the same thing that can happen in our relationship with Christ if we're not careful. In fact, the writer goes on to say, look, it's not just a slow drift that can happen, it can actually even lead to something even more destructive than just drifting away. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 12 verse 25. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. I mean, we can actually go from just drifting from not hearing it to refusing to listen. And he says, For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven, if we reject what Jesus says to us. And so you might think, well, how does someone go from just drifting to rejection? Well, it can happen to all of us, and it does happen almost imperceptibly. But there are steps that go along this, this journey. And maybe these are true in your life. Maybe you've experienced it because you're uncertain about what God says or you think this is what He says based on someone else and you step out trying to do that and it doesn't work because it's not what God said and you find yourself now, uh, you're, you're, you're disappointed because you thought this is what God said and you stepped out it and it didn't work and now you're disappointed. And then you try something else and it wasn't what God said or you're trying to get back and... Now you become discouraged because it doesn't seem to be getting better. And people keep telling you things or you keep assuming things and it's not really what God says, but you're moving slowly from being uncertain to being disappointed to being discouraged to then it's not a far leap to get to you're, you're frustrated because you have all these unrealistic expectations based on what you think God has said. And when you have unrealistic expectations, that's the root of all frustrations. And so now you're frustrated and you're angry and, and you can get mad. And then when you're at that, that state, it's not hard to imagine rejecting. It's not hard saying, well, if this is what you say, I'm out because I've tried and this hasn't worked. And maybe you're on that path. I've been on it. I think everybody has been on it at some point. But I want you to understand, it is so important that you listen carefully. Because if you don't listen carefully and really know what God says, you will find yourself on this path. And you will drift away. But the sooner you can hear, the sooner you can turn back. And that's really what we want to encourage you. To make sure you're listening carefully so you're not drifting away. Or if you are, you're not out of earshot, you can hear and you can return. That's why this is of so much importance that we really understand. Did the Bible say that? Is that really what God says? Because if not, there's a lot at stake. So today I want to talk to you about one of those statements that we hear from time to time that probably in the most uh, people mean the best, but it doesn't come in the best time. And this is the saying. I want you to know, God did not say, the Bible does not say, I will never give you more than you can handle. And we've probably been in situations where life feels overwhelming, the wheels are coming off, and you have that good and uh, natured person who's well-intending come up to you and say, hey, uh, you know, 
I know it's tough, but God will never give you more than you can under you know than you can handle. And what you want to do is you want to turn around and punch that person in the name of Jesus, right in the face, because that is not a helpful statement to you, and it hasn't been a helpful statement to me. And I have to confess, I probably I know that I have said something similar to people. And instead of the encouragement that I want it to be, it's really discouraging. And so you might ask, well, that's a pretty common idea that God will never give us more than we can handle. Where does it come from? Well, I think that it comes from a passage that's pretty similar, but it doesn't have that understanding or connotation. It's from the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 13. So Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he says, So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I think this is the, the idea that people are trying to get at. This is where the confusion comes that God won't give you more than you can handle. Is that God says... When you're facing temptation, and by the way, God never tempts anyone. The Bible tells us temptation doesn't come from God. But we will encounter temptation. That when we do, He will provide a way out. And I, I just want to encourage you, if you're being tempted, it says in here, it's common to mankind. You're not, un you're not uh, different. You're normal. We're going to face temptation. But here's the good news and the, and the promise. He will provide a way out. There's a promise that comes along even with temptation. And I, I just want to encourage you, when you, looking at that, that passage, that when you encounter temptation, you have a choice. You can either try to um, reject the temptation or resist the temptation, or you can flee from it. You can run away. Because that's really what God does. He provides a way for you to get out. And... That's the point of that message. God will provide a way. You don't have to give in. You can flee. And I just want to encourage you that, with that. I think that's the idea where people take this passage and kind of twist it in that idea that God will never give you more than you can handle. But think about this. When it comes to temptation, we do have a choice of how to deal with it. But when it comes to the difficulties and the other stuff that we have to handle, we don't have a, a big choice in that. We're gonna face hardships and trials. You don't have a choice in that. They just come in your life. Now, God also has some promises, just like He did with temptation, on how we can handle the difficulties that come in our life. So, let's look at the next point here. God does say a lot about life being more than we can handle. And He just does. Uh, I hate to break it to you, if you think that God will never give you more than you can handle, you're wrong. And you probably have thought, well, if I do believe that, I wish God wouldn't think so highly of me because He's given me a whole lot more than I can handle. Well, the truth is, it is more than what we can handle. And Jesus tells us the plain truth about life. That's why I love His truth. It might be things that sometimes we don't want to hear, but it is true. And this is the truth about life. Jesus says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on the earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. 
Just a couple of observations about that verse. It's really easy to see the part where here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. That's true. That's why life is more than we can handle. You're not in control. Things that you encounter, they're bigger than you. They're harder. But he also says that you can have peace in him or in me, he says. I, I think that's why a lot of times we get overwhelmed in life. Is because we spend more time looking at the difficulties, the things that we can't handle, than the one who can handle them. And he's never asked you to dig deep, to just gut it out, to figure out how to get it. He says your peace is not going to be found with the absence of those difficulties or trials because they're going to be in your life. He says your peace is going to be found in Him, in your relationship with Him. And so, God gives us lots of promises about how He will deal with our difficulties, about how we can experience Him in the midst of these things that are so much more than we can handle. Listen to these, these promises. And some of these promises, they're, they're incredible. They're simple. They're straightforward. And you might think, how can these simple, small promises deal with such complex, big problems that I have? But again, these are truths that are clear about a big God who's so much bigger than the problems and the difficulties that we have. And I will say, they are real. I know it. It's not easy. But He is much bigger. Let's look at these promises. The first one is, God cares for you. I, simple, straightforward. In 1 Peter 5.7, 5, He says, Give all your worries and cares to God for He cares about you. I'll, I'll admit, there's times in my life where when I have difficulties, it's easy for me to say, if this is happening, then God doesn't care. You've been there. I've been there. That's how we do it. If you care about me, you wouldn't do these things. It's easy to say that about God. Well, if you're in control and you care about me, you wouldn't allow these things to happen. But again, He's calling us to look at Him. Here is the truth. This is what God says. Listen carefully to this. God says, I care for you. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what the situation is, you can't determine how much God loves you or cares for you by what you're experiencing or what you're seeing. You have to understand it and listen to what He says. Another thing, another promise is that God is with you. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Hebrews 13, 15. When you get in these difficulties and you look around, and if you're focused on the things that are too hard to handle, I'll tell you what you're really seeing is all the problems. And when you're focusing on the problems, it's like a change of perspective. If I'm looking here, I don't see what's here. And sometimes that's how it is with God. He's there, but I'm so intent looking on this, I miss Him and I don't see Him. But again, you can't go by what you feel or what you see. You have to go by the truth. And this is the truth that God tells you. That I am with you even in the midst of the worst thing that you could ever imagine. I'm with you. Another promise that God gives us is that God will give you the strength that you need. In Philippians 4.13, Paul writes to the church of Philippi and he's telling them about... He says, I've learned the secret to life. I've learned how to deal with 
every situation, whether it's when I have a lot and things are going well, or when I have nothing and things are going horrible. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I've learned the secret how to live life. And he says this, that I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I kind of like to just stop on that and tell you a story. Um, it's been going on in my life right now. Uh, some of y'all might know this year 2020 has been difficult for everyone, but one of the things that has been extremely difficult for me is that my older brother was killed in a plane crash about two months ago. Uh, my brother was my hero, my best friend growing up, and uh, my role model. And I loved him very much, and I still miss him every day. And that's been hard, but his life for the six months before he passed away was incredibly difficult. See, my brother was in the Navy for 30 years, and he was the captain, a captain, and he was uh, over all of naval pilot training. He was stationed at Na Navy, uh, the Pensacola Air Station down um, well, in Pensacola, and his job was to oversee the whole pilot training. If you are a pilot, my brother uh, has been a part of your training in the Navy and overseeing that and helping you learn how to fly. And uh, there were students from all over the world, not just American soldiers and pilots. There were um, military people from other countries and they had a large uh, contingency from the Middle East country and one of those uh, students became radicalized and um, led a terrorist attack uh, on uh, the air station in my brother's building. Uh, it's on December 6th and I can still remember getting the text from him at 7.30 in the morning. There's an active shooter in my building. I'm okay. Tell mom and dad. And uh, then I didn't hear anything from him, from him for the longest time and obviously there was a lot going on. And uh, the aftermath of that is three American soldiers were killed eight other Americans were critically wounded and uh, the Escambia Police uh, Sheriff's Department went in and were able to uh, end the situation but my brother uh, had to go and identify the bodies and deal with all this stuff and I talked to him about it and he told me about how difficult and how hard it was and uh, how, how much he needed God. Well, after he passed away, I went down there for the funeral and had a chance to take his Bible and I was reading through his Bible and looking at his notes and his highlights and three cards fell out. And they were cards that you can see on the screen. And, and these cards, he writes a, a kind of a timeline as this just unbelievable situation is is unfolding. It starts off with at 6:45. He's on his treadmill. He's running, and he gets the report that there's an active shooter in his building, and he's got disbelief. And he calls his wife, and it, and it goes on that when he's going towards the building at seven o'clock to get there, he's saying, "I don't want this. This is not going to be good." And as he he goes on to continue to say that as he's walking there, he's seeing the carnage and the just 
incredible devastation that came from this attack by this um, terrorist. And the police have handled the situation and then my brother has to be the one to go in and to identify these bodies of those that were his students and those who were his command and the people that he cared about and he worked with every day. And he continues on in his notes that um, uh, when he stood in front of his command again for the first time, he said, everyone is looking at me. He's the CEO and he says, I can feel the weight of what I was dreading on that walkover when he was saying, I don't want this. This is not going to be good. And he goes on to say his first thought that he has shared with the families of those who lost loved ones, to the, to the other soldiers who they lost their friends, to the other commanders who they lost their students and the people that worked with them. He, he said the same things that he had to hold on to himself. And that was that promise that I can't. But he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he goes on to talk about how God strengthens him. He says that, that God meets him where he is. He meets us in our weakness. He's not looking at our strength that we can handle on ourselves. He meets us in our weakness because it's about him. And my brother in the situation knew that this is something he didn't want. It was bigger than him and he couldn't handle it on his own, but he knew God would meet him. And then he also knew that God would comfort him with the Holy Spirit, that his Holy Spirit would live in him and not depart from him, never forsake him in the midst of this journey and whatever he had to do, that that strength, that that peace, that that comfort that he needed, that God would be providing. And he also knew that God had prepared him for a time like this, probably when he never felt like he was ready for this. He was able to look at the things that God had done in his life before. And he had seen how God had worked and prepared. And he realized that God was faithful in those times when he probably didn't understand and want those things either. That God would be faithful and help him in this time as well. And then he knew this, that God would prepare a path. Just like God prepares a way for us in dealing with temptation, God will prepare a path for us in the midst of loads that are too heavy and situations that are too hard for us. My brother knew that. His favorite verse was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. See, my brother knew that he didn't know what to do. He couldn't acknowledge, depend upon himself, he would have to look to God and acknowledge him, but God would make a way and God would direct him. That's what it looks like for God to strengthen you in the midst of a situation that you don't want and that you can't handle. And my brother stepped into this and after he passed away, the commanding officer over the whole Naval Air Station in Pensacola Captain Kinsella, he wrote an article in the paper uh, uh, about my brother and he talked about the difficulty of this, of having to go through this terrorist attack. And this is what he said, Vince, Vince's role however was somewhat different and perhaps more challenging than even mine. 
The fatal casualties from that day were under his command, where I was the face of the Navy to the wider public. Vince had the far more difficult role of providing comfort to the victims' families, while also getting his command back on track to continue their mission. He says, Vince was a man of great personal faith. And I am certain that he was chosen by a higher power as the right person to lead the families and command through this tragedy. His heart and compassion were boundless. That was what was seen and said about a person who said, I don't want this, this is not going to be good, and who acknowledged, I can't do it. God's strength was in him, and others saw it to the point that they knew that clearly he was chosen to do this. There are things that happen in our life that we don't want, and yes, they're more than we can handle, but they are not more than what God can handle. And I want you to know this as well, that God was not just faithful to a few, like Paul, or to other greats of the Bible, and He's not just faithful to someone like Vince, He's faithful to each and every one of us. And He does this, He doesn't waste any of those things that we can't handle that seem overwhelming. In Romans 5, 3-4, He says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us and develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Those things that you don't want, God's not wasting them. He's not punishing you. It's not because you weren't living right or walking right that now you're going to have all these difficulties. You could be walking perfectly and doing all the right things and still have difficulties. But God will use those to build you and to, more, to be more like Christ. But He doesn't just use it in your life. See, God's better than even that. He also uses it in the lives of others. In, first, in 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, says this, All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You know, one thing about this story, you know, I told you about my brother having to comfort the families of those who lost loved ones. Those same families who my brother comforted, do you know what they did at my brother's funeral? They were there to comfort us with the same comfort that he had given them. God can take whatever you're going through. And I promise you, there's going to come a time where you're going to come in contact with someone who's going through the exact same thing that you went through that you didn't want, that you couldn't handle. And you're going to be able to say, you can't, but God can. I couldn't, but I did because God was faithful. And He will do the same for you. That's not just something that God might say or could have said or I wish He said. That is something that God does say. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for the truth of Your Word. And Lord, I pray that we will listen carefully because if we don't, we're going to drift and we're going to be in error and we're going to be in lies and we're not going to have any foundation but it doesn't matter what's going on in our life, how big those struggles are, we can look at you and we can be confident because we know you do not lie. That your truth will work and your purpose out and set us free to walk in the life that you have for us. 
God, I just ask that you would help us not to be feeding our feelings, but to be building our faith by holding on to your promises. Because that's what promises require. They don't require our ability. They require our faith. And Lord, would you help us to walk in faith? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.